Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Today's episode of Shoot the Door is brought to you by the no longer safe parts. That's the parts that are no longer safe. They're conversations that are not safe for the entire family because, um, uh, and because I don't even know why. Well, that's because Tassie's never gotten to listen to one. Tassie's not allowed to listen to the No Longer Safe. <laughs> Tassie makes it sound like we're just going to be dropping F-bombs. We, <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> Thanks, Tassie. That is not the case. Thanks for giving the impression that we're about to do something really, really bad. We aren't. We are haven't done a No Longer Safe topic since we had our chat with uh, David, who uh-huh. came in to talk about uh, a series on addiction yeah. and, and things like that. So, And we do look forward to continuing that conversation Mm -hmm. on addiction on later no longer safes but today we wanted to jump into a no longer safe topic and what that means is that um these aren't entirely safe for the whole family we are going to be adult people (laughs) having adult conversations um and having honest opinions and our opinions are not always the most popular as is normal in life it gives us it gives us the freedom to talk about things without having to worry about being safe for the little ears, so to speak, like you'll hear said. But it also has that double meaning of like you wander into territory where it's like I'm controversial. Gonna get, I'm gonna get judged on this, maybe. Great. And those kind of things. And let's stir up controversy. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's really interesting about this one is this is the first no longer safe we've done. With just the two of us. Usually we'll have a guest in who kind of will speak to, you know, a topic and, and those kind of things. But in this case, uh, we're just hanging out the two of us and we're going to chat uh, today about the war on Christmas. That's right. And we invite you to chat along with us in the chat room. This is an interactive uh, talk show. We record this with a live audience. We use Mixler to do so. And so if you've never been able to join us for a live taping mm-hmm. of the podcast and you listen kind of later on, if you have time around noon central on Tuesdays and Fridays, you're welcome to join us. And on a day like today, it's going to be fun because we're going to be monitoring the chat and kind of getting your feedback on the war on Christmas because this can go in a lot of different directions, but it certainly is launching off of what everybody, oh, and everybody it, oh, and is it will. seeing on their social media feeds over yeah, the last like 48 hours. Yeah, those red cups are taking over our feeds. Red cup explosion. So we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be to that in a second. I do have to say, before we get to that, really important stuff. I got a new phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let's do this because chatty time at the beginning of the podcast is one of my favorites. A little catch up time. Phone upgrade day is like a new holiday, right? Like, I mean, every and you only celebrate every couple years. That's and, true. And you get to, you know, get a brand new piece of technology in your hand. You get to pretend like you're not paying for it because it's all spread out over a two-year period. It's just, it's wonderful. So I have this brand new piece of amazing technology in my hand. And uh, and I, I want to tell, like, everybody about it. Well, I, tell everybody about so it. So it's, it's a uh, LG. All right, that's enough. Good. That's <laughs> excellent. No, there are some really cool features of your phone that I am already jealous about. Yeah. The main thing is how the camera works. Yeah, because it's if a you, sweet camera. If you love taking video or if you love taking just pictures, if you're like a more of a photographer mm-hmm. type, I have not seen as many customizations available 
in any other previous unless you're getting a professional camera it is it's like a it's not a pro camera but it's almost like i forget what they call the level below pro like consumer pro maybe is what they, what I think they, they call, call it. it almost pro it's thank you very much mm-hmm. it's towards pro pro-ish pro-ish <laughs> it is but it has like a lot of those features a lot of manual things that you can do that is one of the major selling points on why i went with this model it is the v10 by the way i didn't get to finish that uh the lg v10 and it, the cameras are amazing. First, there are three cameras on this phone. Uh, one is a wide-angle lens so that you can uh, kind of shoot selfie style and get more in. Uh, the other is just a regular you know, front-facing camera, and the other is the back-facing camera. And the back-facing camera is so clear like and 4K. so crisp. And it, it will shoot in 4K. It will shoot at 60 frames per second if you want it to, which is ridiculous. And so that was one of the main things. I thought I would forever be a Galaxy Note guy. You I know, love my Note. The last few generations, I've gone with the Note, and this one is is as good as the Note Five in better in so many ways. The Note Five enclosed the battery, so you couldn't get to the battery, and also got rid of expandable memory. And this one has both, you know, a replaceable battery and expandable memory. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful. I'm kind of going to technology review yeah, mode here, I, but I'm, it's so nice. I've checked out. <laughs> You know, I've I checked out for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Jealousy. Right. I've heard you say this before. And tech talk. It's one of the things. So my husband, Justin, can fall asleep watching like sports. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's just part of his life. He can, he oh, loves yeah. to watch it. And then it kind of, that's a, that's once a he gets sleepy, he kind of yeah. like lulls him into oh, yeah. a peaceful state. Many Sunday afternoons, I remember my dad sleeping to golf. I thought you were going to say to sermons because he's a pastor. <laughs> no. I really did. No. <laughs> See, for me, it's tech talk. Uh-huh. You know, someone gets going on and on about like the tech and I just can't follow into it. That's a it. great comparison. Just, like, it kind of just lulls me. I, I mean, it's fine. I can listen to it. And you like it. Like you I like technology. Tech. And that's the same thing with a sports fan. They love sports. They're just ready to sleep during it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same thing. All right, you ready to shoe a dough? I am ready to shoe a dough. About this? I think uh, our friend Brenton in the in the comments gets us started nicely. He says, "Oh, the LG V10. Ugh, that's the one that's anti-Christmas and pro-abortion." That's right. <laughs> that's why we're talking about it here on No Longer Safe. Oh, but that's such a great example of what our uh, what we hear in our culture and have for the last several years with different things. It's can like, I talk about that for just a second? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Get Here's started. the reason why. Because we we have a culture now where everybody can share their opinion on a platform that everybody can read. For the first mm-hmm. time in our human history, every opinion can be found by someone. If you post it on certain sites that are more popular, kind of like, you know, people go to. It's not just news sources anymore. So you you get to this is the kind of thing that's going to be happening from now on. And what I'm loving about this Red Cup stuff and mm-hmm. war on Christmas, et cetera, is that you can see that the culture, at least at least in my Facebook feed, I can see that my friends and my culture is all like, really, guys? You know? <laughs> like a lot of eye rolling. So even though there has been a lot of opinions and it's like the squeaky wheel gets the oil kind of, and we're all, right. and there's a lot of people out there that have, mm, um, how do I put this nicely? Vociferous opinions. I love velociraptors. <laughs> And I thought that's what you were going to say at first. I was like, yes, Velociraptor ish <laughs> opinions. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Um, I think about like just organizations that are inside, quote unquote, inside the Christian bubble, you know, mm-hmm. where they represent the Christian mass. Mm-hmm. Like when I became a Christian, I wasn't excited about it for, for reasons. Mm-hmm. And my for reasons are groups that, you know, make these sorts of statements that, you know, 
we're going to boycott this and we're going to do that because it doesn't represent Christ. And I just, I never get on board with that. And finally, finally, this voice that's loud and clear from my friend feed is really, (laughs) we're getting upset about this and we're not, that's the thing. We are not getting upset about it. I'm jumping ahead. But I just had to get no, it. No, no, no. I love it. And I'm excited to to really talk kind of that overall culture stuff later on. I did want to start specifically with the Starbucks thing. Or even, let's just start with the phrase war on Christmas. Can we not call it the Starbucks thing? Can we call it the judgmental religious people thing? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. I think it's, it's not the, a Starbucks because, thing. Because, oh, this is, this is even worse, Liam. I was like, which, which judgmental religious <laughs> thing? We have had a tendency to so do that many of them lately. several occasions. I think Starbucks gets us there quicker. I, you know what? Before we go, before we go on, you're, you're next. I, I promise. No, I'm good. It's I just wanna, a conversation. I want to say a blanket apology to people out there who feel like they are ostracized and judged and called out on the carpet for seeing things differently and there's a person behind it that is claiming that it is for God and for Christianity Mm -hmm. that they do that Mm -hmm. I want to say I am sorry even though I'm not the person that is doing it I am sorry that there are people out there that are really really judging on you and hating on you and telling you that you have to change and do things differently to be loved Mm. That is not the actual message of God. That's not what I ascribe to. And I, I just think that it's something that needs to be said right off the bat. I agree. And that goes uh, always, right? And I, in fact, if I thought you were going here. I thought you were going to offer an apology to people who believe that the Starbucks cup does mean something. But, you know, uh, because I don't also don't want it to be something where the person who we're rolling our eyes at becomes the judged. They're still loved. Oh, They're yeah. still, you know, we're allowed to have these thoughts and these opinions. That's exactly right. And what I love seeing happen is the conversation. And me too. certainly I love it when people agree with me. We all do. We love it when people see the world in the same way that we do. It affirms us. There's, yeah, there's validation there. You're validated. But I think there's something really powerful about living in a world where you can hear everybody's opinion, even the ones that don't validate yours, you know, the ones that, that seem so different than yours. I think that's very valuable. It's one of the, one of the heartbeats of this show. It's one of the heartbeats of what we do is to really not fear any opinion. We don't fear what somebody believes. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that somebody believes something that doesn't scare me. Uh, it's an opportunity to explore something. Duh. This is hard. That was a hard statement for me because I do fear people's opinions. Mm. I don't I don't like being misunderstood and not enjoyed and not liked, you know, but you're right. You know, this is the kind of culture that we're in now where if you put your opinion out there, if you choose to do that, then you will have likely have somebody respond to it either in a positive or negative way or just in agreements or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about, for example, you're on YouTube, Mm -hmm. all the YouTube commentaries and Everybody can share their opinion in this in this culture mm-hmm. that we're in. Especially anonymous comment systems like YouTube really right. propagate that complete freedom to say whatever you think. Band is like that. We mm-hmm. use Band as a communication app here on the show, and you're welcome to join us there. Just as a little quick aside, you know, um, the conversation will likely continue for a while. Usually after our show's end, they they continue there on Band for a little bit too. But on Band, you can be anonymous. And there have been a couple of people who have posted really offensive things on our on our band from time to time that come in from, you know, they're not maybe our super fans, but they're people who pop in and they'll just, you know, be a little Internet troll and then they'll go away. Mm. And that's the the anonymousness gives you a certain element of of, um, confidence, right, that you can just sort of do whatever you want without without consequence. But 
I'm really excited to be in the culture where you can be yourself and have a, an opinion that might not be the most popular or whatever and still be able to stand your ground. I mean, I have a very diverse friend group and not everybody agrees. I have a diverse family group. Not everybody mm-hmm. agrees. And at the end of the day, like you said, it's just you got to just kind of be like, oh, we're all humans here. We can all have different opinions and still care about each other. And there's also a difference between expressing an opposed viewpoint and trying to hurt someone. That is a different thing. I don't fear either. Like you can you you can try to hurt me with your words. In fact, you can hurt me with your words. Your words can hurt me. Um, and I don't fear that. But at the same time, there's a difference between trying to destroy and tear down with what you're saying and trying to have a conversation. I feel like one of the things that's happening and specifically, again, we're kind of jumping into this conversation uh, based off of the Starbucks red coffee cup thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think what's hard for me is that in loving every single person and really trying to have a message of love to every person, somebody out there, and I'm thinking it's just like a handful of people that started this whole issue, you know, just Mm -hmm. someone decided to take offense and and they did, you know, it's like a decision. You chose to be offended by that and try to rally everyone else to get involved because maybe they're, you know, they might have been Christians. They might not have been. You never really know. (laughs) They could have. What, you know? No, 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 no. I just mean that's a, that's a part of the issue is the rallying. The rallying, you know, we're assuming that there was Christians at the center of it. I mean, that's my immediate assumption based on where this is all coming from, but you know, who knows? And then the rally of, okay, if you're like me or if you're a Christian, then you need to be upset about this. And that's where I get offended personally. Exactly. Is it's like, hey, just because I'm a, a Christian doesn't mean that I'm going to immediately be offended by the things that offend you. Or the same thing, like I, growing up in school, you know, a, a friend would be like, you know, that boy said something about a girl. So all the girls have to be upset about that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I don't want to get upset about that. Like, I have better things to do with my energy than get, you know, get offended by things. And it just sends such a mixed and, and mucked up message. Yeah. You know, it's the the message that's being sent out is that, oh, here they go again. You know, here, here come the judgmental people again. They're going to just, you know, brandish their iron and hurt people and... So let's uh, it's just supposed to be coffee, (laughs) you know, like I just want to go get a cup. I want to go get a consistent cup of convenient coffee. So I'm going to go get that cup of coffee. And now I have to like wonder in the back of my head. I don't have to. It just happens now. Thank you. Like if I post a picture of myself with a cup, all of a sudden I'm making a statement. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I just want to. I just want a latte, Aaron. I know. And I'm glad we're back at Starbucks because I want to kind of put Starbucks behind us before we get into the deeper things. But what have been some of your favorite responses? Because here's what I'm feeling as I'm seeing like responses in my feed and different things like that about this whole Starbucks red cup war on Christmas thing. War on Christmas. I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like I am so thankful that Starbucks did this. Because I think it's putting to death this whole war on Christmas idea. I feel like what I'm seeing, like you're talking about eye rolling, it's not a, it's not even a thing anymore. And people who three years ago, when people were upset that stores, you know, were saying Happy Holidays instead of Merry yes, Christmas, yes. right? The same people who were upset about that are now rolling their eyes that were upset about this, and that is a positive change to me. That is a, a change in the direction of priorities you know what's really important in uh one of my favorite responses and i'd love to hear some of your favorite responses that you've seen in your feed to this but one and i think i saw you looking at this one too because it's being passed around a lot is the picture of the starbucks cup that um that said if one family 
Uh, if one family in one out of every three churches adopted a child from foster care, there would be no more orphans. But please tell me more about how, how offensive this red cup is. That gets right to the heart of the priority issue. And that right? is why I'm glad it's happened. Yeah. I'm glad that there's these things that happen and they'll continue to happen because as we have already said, we can get offended about just about anything. <laughs> so it's all going to come up. I think my favorite response is silence. That's my number one. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's just like, yeah, I heard about it, but can we, I, I just don't want to blow so into it. What we call that. What's interesting about that being my honestly, like Danae, honest, uh-huh. that's honestly my favorite thing. Is just like moving on, you know, right. just ignoring it kind right. of a feel. But then you said we we're going to do the podcast conversation <laughs> on this today. And I was like, all right, we're going in. <laughs> I love that response, too. And it, they call that in the industry. There's actually a term for that in radio. It's called getting credit for not talking about something. So it's not just not talking about something. It's bringing attention to the fact that you're not talking about it. Yeah. So there are those responses that are, and I actually have no problem with this. I think it's a very valid way to do it. Just like you said, oh, about that whole Starbucks thing, crickets, you know, like who cares? Let's move on, you know? And that's, I think that's a valid response. So I can resonate with that. So the Starbucks coffee thing kind of blew up. I think for me yesterday Mm -hmm. is really when I started to see it just kind of plow through everything. And the very first response that I saw was actually somebody who's in Christian radio. And I love the post so much. And I'm going to read it. This is from someone named Brian Sanders. And he said, uh, warning, a very rare Sunday morning post. Dear American Christians, how you doing? I'm writing to have a little conversation with you about lattes and cappuccinos. It doth appear that some of our brethren are very upset and feeling persecuted that Starbucks has issued a very simple and plain red cup for Christmas. (laughs) There's no penguin with a scarf, no snowflake falling from the sky, no image that says hope. It's just a plain red cup. And now we are, have arrived at this point. Some American Christian groups are calling a boycott of Starbucks. Why? Because Starbucks is using a simple plain red cup instead of the one that has pretty writing and scenic imagery. So how do I say this with kindness and candor? Shut up. <laughs> For the love of God, just shut up. <laughs> and then he goes on. He talks about how it's not Starbucks job to evangelize the world. It's it's not about being a home on earth. It's it's not the red cup. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, Christianity has nothing to do with that. Uh, and then another point he makes is that we sound like a whiny bunch of people. Um, you know, we're not being a good example to the world. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. So and then he ends by saying, so go buy a latte today. Strike up a friendship with a barista. Share the gospel. That's how you build the kingdom be. And I liked that post for mm-hmm. so many reasons. I love that he had the boldness to tell everybody to just shut up. Like <laughs> I thought that was amazing. So that's but that's one of my favorites so far that's come out, but then today I've just been inundated with I mean my Facebook feed is just all full. Wouldn't of, you say what, of, what percentage would you say of the posts you see on this Starbucks red cup? Mm-hmm. What percentage would you say are saying this is ridiculous versus are saying we should not go to Starbucks? I have it's a hundred percent. This is ridiculous. Me too. Which I love. I that's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to have this conversation today. I wanted to bring attention and light to the fact that I don't have people in my immediate influence and in my Facebook feed public influence telling me to get upset and boycott. Mm -hmm. You know, and I love that. And and maybe it'll pop up later. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody will have that opinion later on. But to me, it, it. it makes me feel good because I don't think that, and these are all, everyone has different and varying opinions. And some of them, you know, are very, what I would consider legalistic people Mm -hmm. who have very strict, really, really strict views on 
their personal religion and how that affects their family and, you know, very strict rules about, you know, how things are supposed to be done in order to stay holy and things like that. And they're even going, you know, we're missing the point. That's not the point. The point isn't a red cup. And I really appreciate that because I just, I don't know. There are other controversies that have come up over the last years, you know, that'll kind of pop in. Chick-fil-A pops into my head, for Mm -hmm. example. I'm Um, so glad you brought that up. I wanted to go there. And maybe that's a good, good place to transition, but continue on with your thought. Well, that was one of the posts that I was I liked too, so I can bring that up. Did oh, go you wanna... ahead. Tell, tell me about the post. I don't know the post you're referring to. So it's a picture of a Chick-fil-A bag and mm-hmm. then the red coffee cup from Starbucks. And it says, so I just bought this Christian chicken sandwich and this agnostic cup of coffee. <laughs> and I gave it to an elderly homeless man that was standing in the rain in, on the street corner. And the craziest thing happened. He was grateful and not offended at all, <laughs> probably because he has real problems. <laughs> and then hashtags, you know, we're too easily offended and... I'm sorry it's this offended so you and, you know, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks and Starbucks Red Cup. And they just did all that kind of thing. And I, I don't know. I love no matter what, no matter how this started, whether it was in a conference room from Starbucks saying, hey, let's stir up some controversy. And there's like this, you know, whole, you know, conspiracy theory uh-huh. that's probably going to come out again. You know, here. well, they're certainly benefit, f- benefiting from it. I mean, yeah, the publicity sure. is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. But I also hope it's a quick burnout. But I think that underneath it all, the real issue is that, again, this kind of controversial conversation is never going to stop. What I'm hoping to perpetuate and what I'm hoping that our show does and what I'm hoping our No Longer Safe episodes do is allows us to have those uncomfortable conversations and potentially those uncomfortable opinions and still come out on the other side trying to build community together. Unity and, instead of division. And be unified. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so really it's just testing grounds, right? It's just, okay, this is just another opportunity for people to choose how they're going to c- converse about a controversial conversation. Mm-hmm. And there are some things worth getting really upset about and there are some things not worth getting upset about. And at the end of the day, I think that society as a whole is saying our problems of as far as society is concerned are people who are hungry, people who need shelter, children who are without families. Like there are real issues in our neighborhoods that if you want to be putting your anger and your frustration towards it, you want to be putting energy into going and and you know, spreading negativity, if you take that same energy and you apply it on solving problems in your own neighborhood and your own world to try to solve problems that you can manage and you can do and you can rally people, do it for people who need a voice, do it for people who are like really, really in in harm's way. And even if those people in the street corner have a job somewhere and they're just scamming you, your heart's in the right place. Mm. And that's really what you should be spending your time doing. And that's what you should be putting your money into. You know, if you're going to say, I'm going to, you know, no longer go, you know, put my money into Starbucks. That's great. That's fine. Whatever. Take that money and give it to somebody. Like if you're going to go spend the money on a latte anyway, you know, or whatever, Mm -hmm. maybe you do go start giving it to somebody in the street corner. Maybe you do start giving to charity. Maybe you do start to talk to your community about ways to make an impact and we're guys we're going into the we're going into a cold season we're in springfield missouri we're going into a cold season there are homeless people in springfield missouri who don't have jackets and don't have coats i was at a start i was at a, a barnes and noble uh, last year and there was a man that was walking around in the barnes and noble who had no socks on and had like super thin shoes and a super thin pair of pants and it was freezing cold outside and he was holding on to this cup of coffee and he was asking the attendant you know, what time they close and what time they open. And I was like, wonder what he's, you know, and I was looking at him realizing, oh, something is off. Something isn't quite right here. You know, what, what's going on? And suddenly it hit me. 
his his like um his ankles I'll, I don't know why I'll never forget him but his ankles they were like really raw and red from just being exposed to the cold mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it hit me oh my goodness he doesn't have a place to go he needs to know when they're going to be open so he can be warm oh my goodness and I reached down and I grabbed some cash in my pocket and I went to go try to find him I couldn't for the life of me find this guy I mean it looked like I was on the hunt for like the most incredible book of secrets. I was (laughs) running up and down aisles trying to figure out where this guy had gone because, you know, that was my moment to make a difference Mm -hmm. is a real person that I'm really nearby that I can really, really impact. And right now I have an ability to hopefully impact society by offering up an alternative way to use negative energy to try to change culture. Mm -hmm. On a separate note, I think it's also interesting that the heart of the people who are controversial is that they are trying to help. It's just coming out really judgmental Mm -hmm. and divisive. And so there's a language barrier and an intention barrier that needs to be addressed there. And I think that's part of the excitement is, is that we're waking up to that. We're waking up to the idea that our actions and our, um, uh, aggressiveness has consequences, uh, both in appearance and in actual consequences on, you know, other people who might believe differently than we do, no matter what side of any debate we're on, that the, you know, just that aggressiveness of division uh, doesn't result in positivity. It doesn't result in anything, you know, really getting changed in a, in a powerful way. I can give an example to anybody who's kind of wanting to have an applicable moment here. So I have not always been a Christian and I was raised inside the church as a youth. And then I found it to be very offensive and confusing. And so I had a a logical conversation with my parents. They listened to my heart. They said, okay, you don't have to go to church anymore. And I just didn't, I didn't know how to believe in God. I, my point of view was I respected him too much to pretend like I understood what was going on. Hmm. And until I had a moment in my mid twenties, I didn't really feel like I had an understanding of spirituality and, you know, the existence of God and how that impacted culture and world and myself. Like, so it was a pretty big revelation. I don't think that my little younger brain could entirely comprehend. And so that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot into my journey. But in the middle part where I wasn't going to church and I was, you know, I was still Danae. I was just doing Danae for only Danae and not Mm -hmm. for other things. Like I didn't know how to think about, you know, my life being a part of something bigger. It was Mm -hmm. just you were very internal, not external. Yeah. I would say that was one of the biggest changes that kind of happened was, Oh, you know, I'm not earning this. Like I earn experience points and level up. This isn't (laughs) a game, you know, this is something different. But anyway, that's, I'm getting off on another random little topic there. But one of the things I found extremely offensive in Christian culture, and I, Don't as much anymore because, like I said, I have a heart for people. I think I understand their intentions. I hear the language of intention more than I hear, like, the physical words. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the application of that. People would say for me, oh, I'm praying for you. And I found that to be so offensive. Hmm. I would get truly offended by it and angry. What is that? The way that it's interpreted is there's something wrong with you. And so I'm praying that God fixes you mm. because clearly there's something wrong. So with you wouldn't, you. you wouldn't hear, I love you and I, you know, I want no. what's best for you. No, it's like, we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was like this weird sort of like sure. ickiness, right? Like, uh, thanks. So I feel fine. You know, like my life is going great. It is really interesting, like unrequested prayer. 
can I, I guess could very much be offensive. Exactly. You didn't ask them. You didn't say there's a need. No. You didn't present a need to them, no. and, and then that's a response. No, I'm praying for you. They just came to you to let you know they sense a need, and they're going to be praying for it. I would see, I would see people, and they would say, "Oh, sweetie, I've been praying for you for years," and I'm like, "That's awesome." Anyway, life is really great. I just got a great job. I'm having a good time. I learned how to play guitar. You know, like, get to know me in the moment. I don't know what you're thinking that I need prayer for, but, you right. know, that that was super offensive. Okay, mm. now, looking back, I hear their intention, mm. which is, you know, <laughs> the, fun, the weird thing about Christianity is um, the belief that we exist beyond this world and that there is an eternal destination. And uh, I think one of the things that grips so many Christians is the fear that people that they love are not going to be going with them in their direction. Right. Yes. You know, and so they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make sure that you are in that correct vein, mm-hmm. in their opinion, the correct way of doing things, whether it's for eternal salvation or whatever. Or if it's a day-to-day activity in your life, they want you to be doing it the best way so that you can be part of, and that's a heart of love. They're like, I want you to be with me because I love you and I care about you. And it's a, so there's a lot of like twists and turns in there, right? Because we're complicated humans. Do you know, like someone's way of telling you that they love you and they care about you might sound like they're nitpicking your life apart. Mm -hmm. It might sound like a nagging mother. Why haven't you cleaned the living room or your dishes need to be done or why is the laundry done or you should sweep you know mm-hmm. all these like kind of lists like tick, 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 like that but that's part of how maybe that person is trying to tell you that they love you in a weird way mm-hmm. so you have to learn over time to let go of some of the anger and frustration of how it's received and choose to believe it with the best intentions they're trying to speak to you do you think there's it would be different if you just if you knew someone was praying for you after the fact, uh, as opposed to whatever that need is to express it to you, is that where a lot of it comes in? The offense is why do you feel like you need to tell me you're praying for? Like, are you trying to? When I was a non-Christian, yeah, yeah, kind of like is like so. Where does the it, we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm, I'm very curious about this because there's you know uh, there's something about telling you I'm praying for you. Why do you need me to know that? Why do you want my ears to hear you I, saying that? I feel like and this is assumptions on my part because I haven't, I didn't have that conversation with mm-hmm. the people who, you know, were praying for me when I wasn't a Christian. And I don't hear them saying that now. That's my comparison. Mm. I don't hear people coming to me now and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Um, but the language has shifted. I think it's Christian, Christianese mm-hmm. has, cha- has changed a little bit. My assumption is that that's just what you do in Christian culture is you tell someone that you're thinking of them and you tell someone they're see for me, the word praying was a trigger word, right? Mm-hmm. That was a trigger. Now, if they would have said, Hey, you came up on you're really heavy on my heart. Like I was thinking about you and I was thinking about like, just wondering how life was going for you. And, you know, so I just spent some time really um, meditating and, and sending out good intentions. And I wanted to let you know that I hope that your world is filled with love. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, that's a lot of words. <laughs> Do you know, like yeah. that's a lot of words for someone yeah. to try to to pull from? And I think in when you're raised in Christian culture, and when you go into Christian culture, there are words that summarize. And I'm praying for you. I think is a summarization 
of what I just said. Mm-hmm. However, I would like to emphasize for this conversation that I believe that when a Christian is saying they're praying, they're intentionally saying, I am praying to the God of the Bible mm-hmm. for you, not meditating to the universe or whatever. Right, 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 okay. right, sure. So, so, but that's part of what I have been really interested that I one began, came around and started understanding God and then ascribed to Christianity and have been living my life according to that. Has as that looks for my life for almost 10 years now, I think coming up close to almost 10 years of being a Christian. Um, but my language, I tried not to change my language. Like I, I understand Christianese, but I try to spend more time than just saying to someone I'm praying for you because I think that's kind of like a, it's, I guess the difference would be like if someone says, how do you like my outfit? And I say, it looks great. Instead of saying the way that that color looks on you, it really brings out you know, like the color in your cheeks and the color of your eyes. And I think it really looks good on you. And right. it, it, it seems like it's a good complimentary color to your life. And, oh, it reminds me of the time that you went to the ocean, you know, rather than saying it looks good. I'd rather spend a little bit more time explaining it. I know that you thought kind of feeling was, the details. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know you thought this was kind of like a little aside, like a no, little I think it fits. bunny trail. But I th- the reason we jumped into this and kind of fell into this is because I believe that offensive people, whether it's about a coffee cup or whatever, I think that oftentimes they really think they're trying to do a good thing mm-hmm. and they're really caught up in that they're trying to do a good thing and that this is how you do it. And that's how they were taught how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it takes an understanding, patient group of people to receive that quote unquote perspective, that offensive perspective and begin that conversation of peace, trying to meet them where they're at, even if it's an uncomfortable moment and you feel judged and you feel like it's wrong and really try to meet them there. That is what I'm charged to do in my personal life is try not to be offended by people's reactions to me because people have opinions all the time. And they share them with me all the time. I just choose not to be offended by it. So the heart of the war on Christmas, so to speak, don't you think is the fear of the secularization of our holidays? Right. Isn't that Don't you think that's where it comes from? The fear that this very special thing about celebrating Jesus's birth Christmas becomes just a happy Santa Claus consumeristic, you know, generic thing instead of, you know, focusing on the quote is the reason for the season, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's where it comes from. Right. That desire to make sure that doesn't get lost. That doesn't get in commercialism in anything. Just remember that this season start like What it reminds me of is a group of people who started something, other people enjoy it and have fun with it, and the group that started it wants to go, hey guys, just remember, we started this and this is why we started it, you know, like, mm-hmm. to, to generalize it in a way. So it's yeah. like it's like a jumping up and down going, uh, let's, not, let's not forget, and is there something there, you know, that's valuable? Is there something there that's, that's interesting? I mean, how does... I agree with what was just said in the chat, and, and BDG said it perfectly is that the irony is that we're worried about the secularization of a holiday that we Christianized. And that is what, like when you're talking, I'm like, it's always been like, I don't even remember a time in my life when it wasn't about Santa Claus. Oh, and Jesus too. Right. Like, cause even in the family, it's like presents, but the reason for the season is Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's always, and and mom, dad, please don't be offended by that. I was a kid. That's how we think like we're getting presents. (laughs) That's the first and foremost thing in our minds, you know, because listen, man, if somebody be, if somebody says truly, honestly, 
if somebody says, I know Jesus, then that's because they've had a moment in their life where something clicked for them and they are aligning themselves with God and the Bible. And it is a scary, real thing. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. That's a very personal thing. And whenever, when you choose to celebrate it around the same time uh, in the comments earlier, someone even mentioned that scholars think that Jesus was born like more in March or something (laughs) like that. Right. Right. So if you choose to enjoy and, and celebrate the birth of Jesus, if that's what mm-hmm. you choose to do, do it whenever you want. It doesn't it doesn't have to be on this day. Like, wh- why? Why does it have to be a thing? And so I, I don't know how to answer your question, except for to say, like, as I look on it now, I was like, I don't. I, I think it is an answer to the question. I, I think it's a very valid point that. We're, we're trying to lay ownership to people's joy, to their yeah. celebration in a way that, that isn't necessarily ours to lay ownership to. It's always struck me as ve- the happy holidays, Merry Christmas thing has always struck me as is very petty, you know, and it's like just uh, celebrate, celebrate what you're celebrating and don't feel like you have to own somebody else's celebration. If you're genuinely happy on Christmas and you really want to wish someone a Merry Christmas, go for it. But if you're being pressured to do that by society, I think I think the thing that's starting to creep me out about the Christmas season in general is that people like you almost feel like you can't have a bad time. Like you you <laughs> have to put on a face, you know, and put uh, on the meal and and have a happy moment. You have to capture it with a camera. You know, like it's like this right. it's sort of a strange sort of like who started this? <laughs> you know, when did this become when did this turn from just part of like what naturally progressed out of living in community mm-hmm. into what it has become oh, today? It's, it's our love for tradition. It's our it's our love for um, milestones, for those check marks in our lives, and you know those places. It's the same reason birthdays are a huge thing. It's you know it's the same reason you know any kind of anniversary that we like to celebrate. We like to you know check those boxes. So many use a Christian term here. I think we're idolizing Christmas. That's because honestly. That is, Great point. We shouldn't, if you really want to live the the Jesus life, if you really, really are trying to like follow Jesus and then this doesn't matter, like dates on a calendar don't matter. What matters is the person and people in your life that you're supposed to be caring for. Mm-hmm. And that when he's, when you feel that prompting to take a leap or, you know, take on a project or belief in yourself, or I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And you're just going to grab onto it with both hands, like. You're supposed to be living in your every single moment. You're not supposed to be going, I want to show such and such that I love them and care about them. So that means I've got to go buy them a present. And that means that I've got to make a budget for that. So that means I've got to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go on this certain sales day so that I can save money. So now I'm going to go and be cut part of, you know, commercialism. That's not, <laughs> that's not what we're supposed to be doing at all. I, and, and, and it brings us right back. And maybe this will be a nice kind of a, a pause moment to transition into our next thing but it brings us right back to the fact that i'm very excited at the response to this starbucks thing because i think it indicates we're starting to put our priorities in the right place and not prioritize this stuff and if we can just call this kind of the the peace treaty on the war on christmas if we could all just leave this thing behind us and just kind of continue to move on that's i mean who'd have, who'd have thought starbucks could be the the ultimate peacemaker you know, just with their their red cup, because I just think it's brought awareness to the fact that that most people just don't care. 
they just don't care anymore. And, and don't make that quick assumption that just because someone doesn't care about Christmas doesn't mean that they don't care about God. Like sure. Christmas and Jesus and God, they're not synonymous for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be something different. So like if I wanted to if I wanted to war on Christmas, let's just say like if I, Danae Hughes, was going to war on Christmas, <laughs> I think I'd be warring against making Christmas into an idol and worshiping this holiday mm-hmm. rather than getting real and just living your humble, beautiful life, however you're called to live it. Right. And I think that's a really cool war to have personally. I like that. Hey, hey, let's just not celebrate Christmas. Let's just all like <laughs> we all have vacation time at the first. same time. You heard it here declaring a literal <laughs> war on Christmas because we're idolizing it. She has joined the other side. The other side. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm on the right side, but there again. Well, I'm that's the terminology. No, but that's the terminology. I started the terminology. That's the terminology we use. That's why we use words like war or the other side or they're all division words, right? And, uh, and I want to get a little more uh, into that uh, kind of in culture in general as we continue. But first, but first, talk a little bit about Patreon. Patreon is what allows us to buy Starbucks coffee. <laughs> I am is, so, so is, kidding. That is not true. Patreon is a sweet website that allows artists from around the world to create things. And so Aaron and I are creating out of our studio, which we lovingly refer to as Studio DNA, we are creating the Shoe the Dough podcast network, which you're listening to right now. This is an episode of Shoe the Dough, which will be every Tuesday and Thursday eventually. And we also launched another podcast called Sif Pop. That's every Friday. And that's about pop culture and movies. And we have plans, as I just mentioned, to launch other great podcasts, including a new music digest. All of the details of our plan are actually listed on Patreon. If you've got any questions, you can always send us uh, messages. But basically, Every single person gives a monthly amount. So it's kind of like Kickstarter, but it's more every single month. Some people give a buck a month. Some people do 10 or even $30 a month. We have a couple people that are giving us even more than that. And thank you guys so much for making it possible for this podcast and our future podcasts. We've also got, uh, we're a week and a half away from our first live in-person show at Classic Rock Coffee in Springfield, Missouri. We're excited to do a live broadcast uh, from there. Podcast, broadcast. And you'll be able to uh, tune into that live through Mixler like you do the others. And then we'll put it in the podcast feed as well. We also like to thank our patrons each episode. So Shannon, today is your day. Thank you so much for supporting us and this podcast. Uh, What you're doing and what you're making a a possibility is not only this conversation to be heard by anybody who listens live or downloads the podcast later, but also future conversations to to be had. So we really, really appreciate that you would take some time and money out of your budget to support the show. And we encourage anyone else to because we're getting really close to launching our next one. So if you've times. been thinking about supporting us, maybe do that. Maybe it can be your Christmas present to us. <coughs> <coughs> I was going to talk, that. I was going to break for this earlier and you were talking about how people could use their money wisely. And I was uh-huh. like, that would sound really opportunistic if I started talking about <laughs> Patreon right now. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have a little should, more conversation. You should. Uh, and as such, uh, it's taken us to about 15 minutes left uh, to kind of converse on this topic. And what's amazing to me is... I think we see this war on Christmas because we have seen more of a culture war. That has been a big thing for Christians and others and and kind of the church culture to see the world as coming after you, like wanting to destroy, you know, church culture, those kind of things. That's not to say there aren't people who would like to see that happen. That's just to say we have taken that and instead of, um, 
having those conversations or, you know, continuing to uh, just live our lives in a positive frame uh, framework, we have taken that to mean we have to fight a war. And I think there's just something wrong with that terminology, that that idea of, you know, fighting something is just I don't know that that's that's what I personally am called to do, hmm. whether it be Christmas or so many of the other things that you see. You know, you see it with with different social issues as well. I think having a conversation with people and learning from them and then maybe your opinions about things change or your beliefs change. That's a non war way of evolving and having conversation and living life. Right. Mm -hmm. But when when there's that war mentality, that means someone is coming to you and aggressively telling you how to feel and, and moving you towards an emotion and forcing you to address things maybe you're not ready to address. And so whether it's the war, like using the word war to describe mm-hmm. that, um, but for me, it's a style of communication. Um, if I feel like I'm going to go to war for something, I, that means that I feel like something has happened to me and I have to respond to it in either like right. an equal measure or I have to, I have to have a confrontation of some kind. Mm-hmm. There's not a way for me to maneuver around it. And knowing in a physical form, I've martial arts trained and there have been a couple of times whenever I've needed to use my martial arts training to physically defend myself. One time I didn't and one time I did. And it's hard. It's hard to like to war. It's hard to like really put yourself into emotional war, physical war, mental war, all of those things. That's it's just not a fun place. And so we just shouldn't take that lightly. You shouldn't take pushing onto somebody or pressing into someone or invading someone or, or vandalizing somebody, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take that lightly. And when you realize you're doing it and you haven't been doing it on purpose, just check yourself and apologize and, and work on it, you know? But if, and if you're doing it on purpose, I find that those people are the scariest people that I've ever met. And when I really intend meet someone who intentionally likes to war with people, I, I try to avoid those guys like the plague. So we want people to believe the same way we do, but you can't force somebody like a war situation. If you're going to use that metaphor, you can't force somebody to believe anything. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, So this idea that we would make belief confrontational seems counterproductive to me. Being offended by what somebody believes seems counterproductive to me. It doesn't seem like something that uh, is going to make positive change long term. So let's say we want everybody to to use the Christmas example, say Merry Christmas instead of holidays. Well, if you make that happen, that doesn't mean you've changed anybody's heart. It doesn't mean you've changed anybody's view of Christmas or anything. It just means you won a war. And that's not that doesn't that's not long term change. That's submission. That's oppression Mm -hmm. that is bubbling underneath waiting to express its truth even sadder it's meaning that you're asking people to live superficially right because superficially if someone says merry christmas and it and it makes you feel like everything is good but underneath it's not then you're missing the real point of of making a connection to another human being you know i like to live in the deeper places with my friends and i like to be willing to have the longer conversations i had a over three hour long conversation with a friend yesterday on the phone Three hours, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of depth to cover. There were a lot of things that were going on under the surface in my life and in her life that we wanted to address and kind of meet. And, you know, it's impossible to do that with a ton and ton of people mm-hmm. because we're humans and we 
I can only be with one person at one time, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> I have no idea how the hereafter works. But for now, you know, that's that's where it really comes down to it for me is I just want to live on that deeper level. And it's not about that's what I was saying earlier. It's not about what someone's saying. So flip it around. And if someone was saying something to you and they were saying it and it comes across really mean, but underneath they actually have a really sweet heart and a good heart. It's just choosing to not stay in that superficial space and try to take it a little bit deeper and ask a hard question like, what do you mean by that? You know, what does that mean to you? What are you trying to say by that? Are you trying to change me or are you okay with who I am? But like ask identifying questions, Mm -hmm. you know, thank goodness doctors don't just look at you and go, yeah, I think this is what you have. And they prescribe it like they go deeper. (laughs) They run tests. Some some do. They ask questions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're not talking about Dr. House, Aaron. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so. I think, I think I, absolutely, that's absolutely true. And I, I think it comes from an insecurity with truth, right? It comes from this idea that this is a cultural idea, that whoever's loudest is the one that's true, right? And we see that in our culture with whoever yells the loudest wins, whoever can get the most people to say the same thing they do wins, Instead of understanding what is true to be something beyond us, it has nothing to do, what is true has nothing to do with what I believe. And it has nothing to do with what most of us believe. It has nothing to do with what, who can yell the loudest about. It's true because it's true. You know, somebody is, somebody is always going to have the louder voice. And that's, right. that's something that they were taught. And, it's, it's, and, and sometimes it's really important to have that leader that can stand up and be that vocal piece and, and lead people and be that loud voice. But in every movie and in all of the uh, best stories that are written, there might be one oppressive personality that's loud and, you know, and standing up and, Mm -hmm. you know, got a whip in their hand and a sword in the other, whatever. And then the quote unquote slaves down below, once they realize that they're unified, there's no contest about when the movement happens and Mm -hmm. when the motion happens. It is about just living fearlessly and not being afraid of what people might think or what people might say if if you're just yourself. And there are certain times whenever you do have to mask yourself because it's not safe to just, you know, be 100% you all the time. And that's a whole other topic for another, you know, maybe no longer safe episode or a cool conversation that, you know, maybe we can have another time about the importance of being safe. You know, you can be transparent and you can be, you know, the best authentic version of yourself, but you still need to be careful at the same time. Um, so there are times whenever you can't, you know, just be 100%, but at the same time, like you can, you can be yourself and you can be fearlessly yourself. At the end of the day, I personally believe that God sees me and he sees my heart and he sees my intention. So even in this podcast, hoping that I didn't make anybody confused or hurt, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm just like, God, you know my heart. You know what I'm trying to say, right? And I feel like the answer is, yeah, I see it. And so I'm like, okay, good, because you're the only one that I am okay with judging me at the end mm-hmm. of the day. You know what I mean? And then at the end, on the other side of that, I do have people in my life who have enough experience with me that they can piece together my best intentions and what I'm living my life for. And that's what you want to have at the end of the day. That's what you want to have at the end of your life. And that's what you want to have if you're going to go to war. You want to have a lot of people, if they're really going to go to war for something, who really get it. And those people are the ones that are going to just be smiling going, yeah, that red cup is no big deal. You know? (laughs) 
I think the war looks more like, or the fight looks more like what you talk about with standing up and proclaiming what you believe, being bold in what, you know, how you see the world and those kind of things. I think where we mess it up is we transition that fight, that quote unquote war to be now you must believe it too. Yeah. You have to come to my side and here's how I'm going to fight you on this. And if we would be bold about what we believe, we would be bold about how we live and how we live would reflect those beliefs. And that's going to make more impact on someone, whether even just be meeting their needs or, or whatever, than telling them, okay, you have to see the world the same way I do. You can't force that. You can't change that. We're always going to have difference. And here's a wake up call. We're all going to be wrong in some ways. What? None of us have the complete ownership of truth. What? We're finite beings <laughs> who can't say that goes for the Christian that goes for the, you know, for the scientist, for anybody, no matter how you study truth, whether it be through religion or science or philosophy or, or whatever, you are finite. So you don't have all the information. Therefore, you don't have ownership of truth. I love that most of the people in my life are willing to say, I just don't know for sure, but mm -hmm. this is what I think and this is what resonates with me. And this is the direction that I think I'm going to be going as far as my belief system and being okay with me having my own journey and my own time too. And I love these conversations. And I have to say, I have been doing my best to scan the conversation um, happening in our chat. It looks yeah, like I've it, been scanning it as well. It has been really great to read along. And we really appreciate that you all are carrying on your own conversations about, you know, it's not a, it's not about bucking against the system, but it is about choosing to change culture and choosing to make a difference in the people in the sphere of influence that, that you have. And I love that, um, all of the shoe the dough fans, when we get the feedback on these no longer safe topics, it's just like, oh, that was a, that was a refreshing conversation, you know? <laughs> so we appreciate that. And if you ever, if you have any opinions, uh, thoughts afterwards that you want to share, you're always welcome to do that. Um, even if it's not happening live in the chat, we still get emails from people. Our email is Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. If you didn't know already, so if there's something that kind of hits you and you want to talk about it or add to it, please feel free to do that because these are the kinds of conversations that can happen for generations. We were coming up on today and didn't have a guest for a No Longer Safe episode for today. And I remember saying to you, I feel like we really need, we haven't done a No Longer Safe in a while. We need to do these. I find these to be such a valuable part of what we are called to do, like what we do as a podcast. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah, we talk about new music and pop culture and different things. And all that is really valuable, too. It's a part of who we are and what makes us tick. But don't want to get to a place where these kind of fall to the wayside, because I think this the depth of these gives a, a different kind of insight into what we do. And I'm, I'm just I'm really glad that we're able. I mean, think of the privilege to have a couple microphones in front of us and people who want to hear what comes out the other end of the speakers, you know, <laughs> That was mm -hmm. that was what just came out of the speakers. Uh -huh. That was exactly what came out of the speakers. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if we're not if we're not fighting these wars, who are? We? What do we do? Like, how do we interact with culture? What is the best way to affect change? If change is what we want, if we want people to understand how we see the world and what what truth is as we see it, what's the best way to convey that? If it's not fighting against people who see differently than us, joining them. You know, it's not like you join people all the time, but if you want to really be a unifier, I mean, this is just my first thing that mm -hmm. pops into my head. So 
here's an example. Uh, I have sat down with some really offensive people in my day and had some pretty awesome conversations because I chose to try to find something that we shared in common, mm-hmm. even sometimes in the way that people believe. One of my closest friends is does not believe in God and uh, believes Jesus was a man. Um, Holy Spirit is a weird conversation. You just never really talk about it until both parties are ready. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, we're sitting there chatting and we're talking about the things that we believe and we're you. It's almost like you could see it. We're talking almost about the exact same way of believing and thinking, but just different words to describe it, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm going like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Or this offensive guy. Oh, yeah, me too. And this is how I'm a little bit different than you, but this is how I'm like you. And focus on the things that make us like each other, not like each other, like Facebook-like, <laughs> but like similar, you know, the things that make us human, the parts of us that tie us together because when somebody feels ostracized and put into a corner and backed into a corner that's when another kind of a war for them fight that mm-hmm. that's the survival mechanism when they don't feel like there's anything that they have to lose and they're just going to hurt as many people as they can to feel something to, yeah you know so when you see that person or you find that person and it's safe to talk to them about it you know try to find something in common with them even if it's just that you guys like mashed potatoes be confident to speak the truth as you see it and also confident enough to let somebody else see it differently. Yeah. That's, that's how I would sum yeah. it up. That is, that is the fight for me is to be confident enough to speak the truth strongly as I see it, but also to be confident enough to let somebody else see it differently. I think that works fine. That sounds like a good place for the end music. No, I don't <laughs> want to play the end music and I'm in charge of it today. Do I have to? <laughs> yes, you have to. Uh-huh. That was fun. That was a new experience. Just the two of us chatting out some deeper stuff. How'd I want go for mashed you? potatoes. Now, right now you want mashed potatoes. Of course you do. Thanks for joining us, uh, whether that be live in the chat or later via podcast. Both ways are wonderful ways to stay in touch with what happens here at Shoe the Dough. You can subscribe if you want to listen to the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you do podcasts. Just search for Shoe the Dough, S H O E, the D O E. You can also listen live uh, every Tuesday at noon to Shoe the Dough. It happens on Mixler, Mixler.com. You can search for the Shoe the Dough Network there. Just, again, Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. All that is at our website, AaronAndDanae.com. So if you ever want to find it all, you can head there. Everything's waiting for you. And as said earlier in the podcast, you can always message us and ask questions. Please head to iTunes and subscribe to Shoe the Dough and also rate it so that other people can know what we're doing here. We're going to go get some mashed potatoes and dye them red. No. (laughs) But how will people know it's Christmas? I'm offended by that. (laughs) I'm sure you are. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.